0: How is everybody doing? Welcome back to another episode of Diagnosing a Killer: The Mental Breakdown. Edition. Mental Breakdown. Woo-hoo. My name is Kenna. I'm
1: Koal. I am excited to hear what you have to say Yes, for the mental breakdown.
0: Yeah, this is going to be something way different than we've done before. We always say that, but it is. Um, <laughs> and I said it in the last case, I think, that I was going to do something different. This is going to be... Excuse me. <laughs> 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 this is going to be... <laughs> Off to a great start. <laughs> we just ate, like, a big dinner, and so I'm, like, really full, and I think that's what's happening. My, I don't know how to burp, like I've told you guys before, but, like, I get, like, these things of air that... Make noise. Little in pockets. yeah I think really everybody weird.
1: gets that. Yeah, but, but
0: yeah. Anyway, and this microphone picks up literally everything. So it you does. Can hear that.
1: Sometimes I don't think that y'all can hear exactly what we're hearing in the moment just because everything's turned up.
0: Yeah, definitely. On our end. I noticed in the episode that we did at Gilbert Jordan, um, there's like two different times where you can hear Coda's caller. Like he like shakes his head. <laughs> our cat. We have five, four cats in this house. We used to have five. Um, but they all have bells on their collars, so we can hear them <laughs> coming, and he, like, shook, I guess, so you could hear it, like, twice in the background, <laughs> I'm like, okay.
1: They all sound different, too, which is funny, because yeah. I'm pretty sure they're essentially all the same bells, but yeah. I think it's just, depending on who's walking and shaking their head.
0: Yeah, because we have, Isn't okay, so we have, just to let everyone know, if y'all are cat people, we have Koda, he is a black tabby, and he, or he's like a tomcat, almost, he's- an all-black cat, he's- yeah, yeah, he is huge, and, um, <laughs> he's- Probably the oldest cat that we have. He's 12, mm-hmm. I think. Uh,
1: Actually, Zelda's older.
0: Okay, well, yeah. he doesn't act like he's any older. And then Zelda... Tell me again how they're related. Zelda's mother's daughter's
1: litter... Okay. Is Coda.
0: Okay, so Coda and Zelda are kind of from the same lineage. She is an all-gray cat and she's real cute. She's not fat, but she's really fluffy. She's not
1: fat. She's really not fat. Yeah, she has In a lot fact, of hair. She's, she's relatively thin just because she's older, but she has tons of hair and it's wiry all over the place. Do you remember do you know that cat on TikTok that's like meh? Bobby?
0: Yeah. Um, Bobby cat? Yeah. I always say that she looks like Yzma when Yzma gets turned into a cat. Yeah. And she kind of acts like her Christian meow is like... She's... Like it's yeah. cr- like old lady something. She's thing. crotchety. Yeah. And then we have Seamus O'Neill, and he she is a little tiny <laughs> orange cat. He is a forever kitten. He's really small, but he's mm-hmm. a full-grown cat. He's like almost two years old. And then we have his brother, who is not really his brother, but we adopt... We foster failed both of them. We fostered them at the same time. That is my baby. His name is Jose McGregor because he is also orange, but he is like orange and white and Seamus is more just like orange. Mm -hmm. And he is like twice the size of Seamus, even though they're the same age.
1: I looked up uh, orange cats, like when they have those little black spots, like on their nose or like maybe on their paws. Mm -hmm. Because I was like, oh no, is that like a skin condition or something? No, I Googled it. It's orange cat freckles. Oh, they have freckles. Isn't that cute? That is cute. So when you look at Seamus's nose, he has like three or four little freckles right on the tip of his nose. I love it. Isn't that cute?
0: We have to post pictures for you guys too. Because we did the, we told everyone about our finger tattoos in the last mental breakdown, mm-hmm. and then I posted a photo of it. So maybe we'll have to post photos of the babies. The this babies. Time. Um, if you're not a cat person, then I'm sorry, but you're probably going to see pictures of our cats and <laughs> just deal <laughs> with it. Okay. Um, no dogs here. We used to have dogs, but we don't anymore. We were, anyway. we
1: were fortunate on the dogs that we did have. We were.
0: They were great. All right. Well, let's get into this case. Oh, not even a case. I mean, it kind of is. So, okay. Like I said, I'm doing something a little bit different. This time it's going to be true crime meets mental breakdown. Okay. So we did get a case suggestion I mentioned recently, and this listener wanted us to do Casey Anthony. Mm -hmm. So I thought about it and I would love, I've heard the case. Obviously we all probably know a little bit about the case, Um, but because she was never convicted, she is not technically a killer in the eyes of the law. So it wouldn't make sense for us to do an episode on her, like mm-hmm. a full episode. Yeah. So what I decided to do was do a mental breakdown, non-guilty verdicts. So I have three cases where they're all very famous. The g- verdict was non, not guilty. So I'm going to briefly go through each of those three cases and we're going to discuss... None of these people have been diagnosed, but we'll discuss things that they are suspected of maybe being um, meeting the requirements for. Okay. And I... then we'll just kind of talk about the facts this of the case. This is different.
1: <laughs> I like this.
0: Very different. I personally am going to try to steer clear of opinions. I just want to present the facts. And, and... I'm nothing but opinions. I know. <laughs> <laughs> that is um, my life is opinions. We will just present. <laughs> I will present the facts and we will have a conversation. I don't know exactly how it's going to go, but we will get started. So, of course, the first one I'm going to talk about is the case of Casey Anthony and Kaylee Anthony. Mm -hmm. So, Casey Anthony was born on March 19, 1986, in Warren, Ohio, to Cindy and George Anthony. Casey, as a child, was known as a bright, personable young girl with a lot of friends, and many people were under the impression that she came from an all-American family that was very Mm. put-together and very nice at home.
1: Was that not the case?
0: Well, some friends in high school would actually say that Casey developed a bit of a habit of lying... Okay. And it began to affect some relationships, like friendships with her parents, yada, yada. At her high school graduation, in fact, Cindy and George arrived along with Casey's grandparents to watch their daughter gain her diploma, only to discover that she was several credits short of graduating. <gasps> Casey had actually stopped attending school earlier in the year, but led her family to believe that she would be graduating that day.
1: Oh my gosh. So they showed up
0: expecting her to be graduating she's like oh by the way like not in the ceremony
1: yeah the reason um that i'm not in this ceremony is because my ceremony already happened you missed it yeah exactly <laughs> it's
0: like yeah you guys think like, we not even there thanks nice. now when she turned 19 cindy noticed that casey had been gaining weight in specific places and she began to think that her daughter might be pregnant okay casey denied this but it wouldn't be until months later that months into her pregnancy, that she would come clean to her parents, although she was not certain who the father of the child was. Oh my, so she lied about being pregnant, even though she was confronted about being pregnant. Yes. She would say that the father was one of two people. It could either be a young man that she had previously been in a relationship with that actually ultimately died in a car accident previous to Mm -hmm. this, but within enough time for him to possibly be the father, as well as her fiancé at the time. He could also be the dad. She was engaged? Yeah. And I like the way that I set this up because, like, it's not as detailed as our normal cases because it's a really short snippet of it's the case. It's just nothing but punchlines. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I did that all perfect. That's awesome. Because uh, this would also, if I didn't do that, it would be, like, a four-hour episode because it would be three yeah. full
1: cases. It's so true because, like, we get so deep and dark or, yeah. like, oh, okay, like, it seems like they're doing better and then punchline. But yeah. this is just one after the other. boom,
0: boom. Boom. <laughs> So on August 9th, 2005, Casey would welcome her daughter Kaylee Anthony to the world. A friend of Casey's actually said that she had debated on giving Kaylee up for adoption at one point, but ultimately decided to keep her.
1: Is she still engaged to the guy?
0: Yes. Now okay. Kaylee... Now, Casey and Kaylee would live with Cindy and George, Casey's parents, okay. and her fiancé would act as the father, although it was never confirmed that he was. Hmm. A DNA test would later determine that he was not the father... Jerry, uh, Jerry, Jerry, Jerry. Marie, Marie. It's the same. I mean, they do the same thing. Do they do DNA tests on Jerry? Oh, yeah. Oh. oh. I <laughs> watched way. junk TV like that <laughs> in a very, very long time. Um, Kaylee's true father would actually never be found out.
1: Really? To this
0: day. Unless it was somewhere that I couldn't find, but I or, looked.
1: Well, I guess they could have tested the family members of the young man that passed away. Yeah. And they would have known. Yeah. That's um, Do you as think far it as was I him? could see,
0: I'm not sure actually. As far as I could see, I I just couldn't find it. It might be known like today, but yeah. you know, as far as all of this happens, it wasn't known.
1: It would kind of make sense if she did try to keep the pregnancy uh, kind of under wraps if it was him, yeah. just because of the emotional. That's true. You know, the grieving process and stuff for the family, and then she would have to be involved with the family because you know, of course they would want to be there for their grandchild or yeah. their niece or nephew or whatever. So Definitely. And that's a lot of pressure. For sure. You should absolutely not lie about being pregnant though, oh, especially yeah. if you're married to someone. Of not. And you're showing. Well, you're not married, but <laughs> yeah. you know.
0: Well, engage, Jesus. Or even in a
1: relationship. It doesn't yeah. even matter it doesn't Don't matter. lie about being pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: take Don't I take lie. what I said. <laughs> Do you hear me birthing people? Don't lie about anything. <laughs> Now, in mid-June 2008, an argument ensued between Casey and Cindy about Casey's suitability as a mother. Not sure exactly what happened. Um, But because of this argument, Casey decided to leave the home with her now two-year-old daughter in a fit of anger the same day. Okay. And I know I said 2008. This is before her birthday, so she would still be two at this point. Okay. Okay. Over the next several weeks, Casey's still not staying at the home. She had seemingly just ran off and lived somewhere else with her daughter. Okay. Cindy would call Casey to check on Kaylee, and each time she called Casey, Casey told her that Kaylee was with the babysitter. So she wasn't able to come see her or anything like that. Every time she would call to check, hey, how's Kaylee doing? Oh, she's with the babysitter.
1: But they don't know where she's living. Like, she might not even have a place of her own. She's, exactly.
0: and like, couch surfing. And, and I didn't say this, but I'm pretty sure at this point her and the fiancé are no longer together. Um, Like, I don't think he's even in, like, Kaylee's life at this point. Okay. Now, on July 13th, 2008, Cindy and George received a letter saying that Casey's car was in a tow yard. Assuming that they probably had ownership of the car, or at least were on the lease, that's probably why they got that
1: That makes sense. Or it was the last known address. Yeah,
0: exactly. When George went to pick up the car, he found Casey's purse inside, along with Kaylee's car seat and toys in the back seat. So, okay, she's with Kaylee somewhere. Why doesn't she have her car seat? With yeah, her? you know, especially if she's maybe she's in a different car or whatever. Like, why would her car seat still be right. there? Right, that makes sense. He also noticed a strong odor that he could not identify coming from the trunk of the car. I guess they had looked in there to see if there was anything else that they wanted to take. You know, yeah. whatever. Now the parents went looking for Casey, and they found her at her boyfriend's house. Okay, so not okay. Wait, not the fiance. Okay. Different guy. Okay. (laughs) And I didn't put his name in here because it's not important. They picked her up from the boyfriend's house and they took her with them back to their home so that they could have a family conversation with the boyfriend. Yeah. (laughs) When asked where Kaylee was, Casey broke down and told everybody that she had left Kaylee with the nanny on June 16th and that she had ultimately kidnapped Kaylee. And what day is this? This is July 13th. Okay, <laughs>
1: she so said, it's been a hot minute.
0: In June, this happened. So why did you not report her missing or kidnapped? For like almost a month. Yeah. On July 15th, so this is two days later, Cindy reported Kaylee Anthony missing.
1: So the mom reported. The mom did. Not the, mo- not the mother, but the grandmother reported the baby missing.
0: Two days after she found out as well. Two days after yeah, this lie why, was told went, like, that the baby was taken. Yeah,
1: I don't know why I just kind of, like, flew over that, that you had said that two days later. Yeah, that's <sighs> wild.
0: Now, of course, Casey gets questioned by detectives. Well, of course. I mean, it's your baby. After questioning Casey, detectives found discrepancies in a signed statement she made about Kaylee's disappearance. On top of this, her friends and family had never heard the name of the nanny to whom w- to which she was referring. So, so, there was no one recognized. Like, the
1: nanny, the nanny, the nanny, the nanny. and never said, like, her name's Gutrid or something. Yeah. <laughs> no one
0: recognized her the name. Her name's
1: Gunter. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, detectives also caught Casey in other lies when it came to where she worked. I didn't really go into this, but allegedly she was saying that she worked at some place that she actually didn't, and there was no record of her working there. She was subsequently arrested on July 16th, 2008, the day after Kaylee was reported missing by her grandmother, oh mind gosh. you, while awaiting trial. Insight about Casey's life in the days leading up to Kaylee being reported missing surfaced. It is known that she was partying quite a bit, and she also got a tattoo that stated, quote, Bella Vita, or beautiful life in Italian.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. But your child's missing.
0: Yes, and is that referring to, like, she had a beautiful life or, or is it just like one my now? life is beautiful
1: now my life is beautiful or
0: did Kaylee have a beautiful life that's what I was thinking yeah like, you know yeah
1: I think it just sounds like it's a beautiful life yeah like, I don't know it also sounds very cliche too so it could just be that true she might have just been like I don't know I want a tattoo with that one
0: but either way like and according to her her child is been missing for over a month are you just gonna, you're just gonna go get a fucking tattoo
1: it's true I always think that I want to get tattoos but especially when I'm like going through something, the last thing I think about is getting a tattoo. Exactly. Honestly. Especially if your child is missing. Like, that's something that I've never experienced. Yeah. Other than one time he it was hiding from me in the bathroom and I couldn't find him. And <laughs> oh, I freaked no. out. I bet. I freaked out. Well, because it was around the, the time where he was like, he was walking and he was kind of talking and Yeah. And was we, have like,
0: a, we have a pool in the backyard, so that's cause for concern. That's cause for concern as well. All of our kids are water safe, mm-hmm. but it takes time to learn how to swim. So yeah, we, and he was you
1: know. like three, I think, and he would like he would say, "Yeah, mom," or something like that whenever I call his name. But me going around the house and calling his name over and over and He's, for like, him not snickering. to respond was very unusual. It wasn't was he
0: laughing in the bathroom terrible. when he opened the door. <laughs> he, did.
1: he was cowering kind of behind the toilet, and I was like, "That's gross." <laughs> <laughs> i said you call like you let mom know where you are you know i was scared and he's yeah. like oh i'm sorry like <laughs> he, just, he just thought it was funny but even in that moment i wasn't thinking i wonder what tattoo i'm gonna get yeah
0: exactly <laughs> now casey would return home on august 21st <laughs> 21st <24th. laughs> <laughs> on august 21st 2008 when her five hundred thousand dollar bail was posted by bounty hunter slash reality TV figure (gasps) Leonard Padilla.
1: Oh, I thought you were going to say Dog the Bounty Hunter. No, that's
0: hilarious, though. (laughs) Now, Leonard later stated that he hoped this act of kindness, a.k.a. bailing her out, would give Casey incentive to tell him more information about the disappearance. But she wouldn't say anything about it.
1: Yeah, of course not. So he
0: just wasted (laughs) (laughs) $500,000. Damn it. Now, Casey was actually back in jail only eight days after being bailed out. This time charged with forging checks and identity theft.
1: Wait, what? That is okay.
0: Is that news to you? Because that was news yeah, to me. That's news to me for <laughs> sure. That. I did not know that at all. Now on December eleventh, two thousand and eight, human remains were found in a plastic bag in a wooded area near Casey Anthony's home. On December nineteenth, the remains were unfortunately identified as being Kaylee Anthony's. That's
1: Oh, that's I know. so bad. She was too, especially since she was so close to home.
0: I know. With prosecutors seeking the death penalty, the trial of Casey Anthony began in June of 2011, three years after the disappearance of Kaylee. The prosecution painted Casey as a party girl that was unconcerned for her missing daughter and responsible for her murder. The defense told a very different story. They suggested that Kaylee had actually drowned accidentally in the family's pool on June 16th, 2008, the day she was reported missing, Mm -hmm. and George Anthony, Casey's dad, had covered up the death so that Casey would not be charged with neglect. They also tried to suggest that Casey had been sexually abused at the hands of her father and her brother.
1: And that he was,
0: like, protecting her to keep his own secret safe. That was never confirmed. And that's absolutely outrageous that they would try to use that. Yeah. This guy has lost his granddaughter. I don't like the fact that they. I do agree with you. That they tried to say that about the Denver. I I do
1: agree with you because uh, he's not the one that's on trial. She is. Exactly. And, and for your entire defense to be about somebody else's potential involvement in this case, well, why isn't that guy arrested?
0: Exactly. That doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. From a legal standpoint, it just doesn't make sense. I don't think it should have been allowed.
1: No. I, I, they could have easily said she drowned in the family pool and Casey had no other option but to bury her child.
0: Exactly. Yeah.
1: They could have said that instead of the dad and then the abuse and like all this stuff. They could also, they could say it was a tumultuous household they could, you know, uh, the fact that, you know, the death of the boyfriend in the car and, like, you know, that her fiance, whatever, that guy might be a jerk too or something. Yeah, I don't know. Exactly. And then, you know, and then this boyfriend or whatever, that she has a history of maybe people leaving her or something like that. They yeah. could have gone that angle and it'd still be her fault, but yet not, you know what I'm Instead saying? Instead of
0: accusing someone that's not on trial. Someone for that has crime. nothing <laughs> else to do with this yeah. case,
1: you know? Yeah,
0: yeah. Now, on June 5th, the jury found Casey not guilty of all charges having to do with Kaylee, so that is first-degree murder, aggravated manslaughter, and aggravated child abuse, although she was convicted of, I think, theft and covering up evidence, something along Mm -hmm. those lines. The reason that they stated for a not guilty verdict was that most of the evidence was circumstantial. Mm -hmm. Now, the aftermath of this trial brought on a slew of bills in several states for Kaylee's law, which actually made it a felony for a parent or legal guardian to not report a missing child. Oh, I actually didn't know that, and I looked it up. I'm not sure if it's if Kaylee's law is a thing in Texas. I think like a version of it is, but mm-hmm. still, that's that's really great. I think yeah. that that should be, have always been a law. Yeah. Um, last thing I'm gonna say about this case is that it is suspected she was never diagnosed, but it is suspected by some that Casey may have had histrionic personality disorder. And do you want to comment on what that means?
1: Yeah. So. Histrionic personality disorder, um, I, it's, you know, of course, a personality disorder, and we've definitely talked about personality disorders before, which usually involves a lot of emotionally manipulating people or attention-seeking behavior. It's kind of interesting, though, because she covered up her pregnancy, too. Mm-hmm. Like, it was almost like...
0: If she didn't want attention.
1: She, yeah. You know what I mean? That she yeah. didn't want attention towards herself.
0: Yeah.
1: Or maybe the wrong kind of attention. Or maybe there's another area of her life where she was getting attention. True. And that these things that she was trying to hide make take away that attention.
0: Yeah, but again, um, we know uh, that we've talked about as well in personality disorders, it's, like, usually um, categorized with three or more of the following or whatever. Mm-hmm. So maybe that just wasn't one of the things that she was uh, showcasing, maybe with others. Again, she was never even diagnosed or evaluated for this. This is just our um, thoughts that, that she might have, you know, been closely related to that. Right.
1: Histrionic personality disorder also... People with this disorder can also be overly flirtatious, seductive, charming, mm. manipulative. Mm-hmm. I think that's where that root word comes from, history, histriana, like mm-hmm. hysteria. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Definitely. So it's more like the, uh, you know, the the pools of a feminine, you know, siren in the night yeah, or exactly. some shit. Yeah, it be
0: scandalous. <laughs> All right. So that was the very brief <laughs> version of the Casey Anthony story. That's really interesting. Now we are going to move on to our next non-guilty verdict. Can you guess who it is?
1: I am going to guess. Hmm, who's a famous non-guilty verdict?
0: <laughs> like the most famous one? OJ Simpson. Yeah. <laughs> We've mentioned OJ multiple times in our podcast. Everyone, I mean, if you don't know who OJ Simpson is, like you have never been on the internet. Like I want Johnny <laughs> Cochran to be my lawyer, like all the time. So we're briefly going to go through the story. So, Orenthal James Simpson was born on July 9th, 1947, in San Francisco, California, to Eunice and Jimmy Lee Simpson. I just remembered how sad I get when I hear this story. Yeah, He was one of four children, his brother being Melvin, and two sisters, Shirley and Carmelita. Carmelita. Yeah. He was actually diagnosed with rickets as a young child, and he had to wear homemade braces due to it. Oh, and my dead ass <laughs> was like braces like your teeth and then i looked it up and it's like forest <laughs> gum braces <laughs> so run,
1: Forrest, yeah run. And,
0: yeah so we had that um oj <laughs> played football in high school and college where he set many records um he was also very well known and celebrated athlete through the 60s and eventually he would play in the nfl i'm sure we all know this
1: do you think that's where he got like his passion for wanting to be like really physically able is because oh, maybe he felt like he couldn't when he was
0: younger absolutely i really truly yeah. believe that he would retire from the NFL in nineteen seventy nine and then he would pursue a film and TV acting career as well as being a sports commentator.
1: I totally forgot he was on Naked Gun. I don't <laughs> I think it's the second one. Yeah. He's in he's in the movie Naked Gun.
0: I've never seen that movie. So yeah, it's play.
1: like a spoof movie. Oh, nice.
0: On June twelfth, nineteen ninety four okay, so I went through his childhood really, really quick, so mm-hmm. we're just gonna go right into the no worries. the case. On June 12, 1994, O.J. attended his daughter's dance recital, as did his ex-wife, Nicole Brown Simpson. After the recital, Nicole attended dinner with some family and friends, where another friend of hers, Ronald, Ronald Goldman, worked as a waiter. While there, Nicole's mother actually forgot her glasses on the table when they left, and Ronald had offered to drop them off at Nicole's house after work. Later that night, a neighbor would spot Nicole's white dog walking around the neighborhood by itself with bloody paws. Um, obviously very obvious. is a white dog with a red on his paws. Mm-hmm. And just after midnight, the dog led to the discovery of Nicole and Ronald's bodies outside of Nicole's home. The two had been brutally stabbed to death just outside the front door. The murder was absolutely horrendous, with Nicole being stabbed 12 times and Ronald being stabbed 25 times.
1: Oh my gosh. Oh, I did not know that. Twice
0: as many times for Ronald. That's it's
1: someone's aggro at him. Clearly. Yes. Yeah.
0: The next day, on June 13th, police had gone to O.J. Simpson's house while he was returning from Chicago, and they had actually found a trail of blood from his vehicle to the front door, as well as one bloody glove that actually matched one that was found near Ronald's body. So it was, like, the other (gasps) set it. What? Yeah. Do you not know that? No! (laughs) I didn't either. That reminds me of
1: uh, Forgetting Sarah Marshall when...
0: (laughs) Have you seen it? I've seen it a long time ago.
1: When Russell Brand is coming up, and it's, like, the first time that you see Russell Brand's character, and he's like... Hi, uh-huh, yes, I've seen you have misplaced my shoe. Um, it looks just like this one, but uh, it's the opposite. It's, it's like this one's mate. <laughs> this one's twin. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's what it reminded me of.
0: Now, after this evidence was found, OJ agreed to turn himself in, but ultimately would flee on June 17th.
1: Oh my gosh. We still have a video recording. It's actually titled Ice Ice Baby, and I don't know why... I think it, well, it definitely used to have Ice Ice Baby on there, and I don't know if it was, like, mom and dad trying to make, like, a mixtape of, like, music videos, but they recorded over that, mostly, of the entire live feed of The Chase.
0: Oh, really? Yes,
1: and we still have it. So... We just need a VHS player.
0: So OJ, like you just said, led police on a very, like, slow car chase. Yeah. it's Just kind of, like, casual. Like, he was like, yeah, I'll turn myself and just follow me over there. And then, like, didn't go where he was supposed to. And then, like, kind of, like, kept going. Well, it was his friend that was driving.
1: Oh, really? Yeah, his friend was driving and he was, like, hunkered down in the backseat with a gun. Oh.
0: Well, he was allegedly also carrying his passport, um, some sort of disguise, and almost almost $9,000 in
1: cash. He's the juice. How do you disguise the juice? Yeah. I don't
0: understand. Eventually, O.J. gave himself up and was arrested and charged with the two murders on the same day, June 17th. He would plead not guilty. Plead. <laughs> <laughs> he would go ahead and plead not guilty. <laughs> he would plead not guilty and hired a team of lawyers to represent him, of course. Unfortunately, his lengthy athletic and acting career became the focus of the trial rather than the two lives that were lost. Ugh, okay. Again, same thing kind of with Casey Anthony. It's like, let's just talk about, like, everything else other than, like, this tragic murder. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. On October 3rd, 1995, O.J. Simpson was found not guilty of the two murder charges, although in a separate trial in 1997, he was found liable for the deaths of Nicole and Ronald and was ordered to pay $33.5 million in damages to the families. How does he, how is he liable but he's not, he didn't kill them? I have no idea. I tried to look it up and I really couldn't find, like, what that meant, like, being liable and being guilty. Like, I don't, know. Is it I don't just- know.
1: Because there's some evidence behind either way, like, he was the causation. Like, whether he hired someone to do it, like, he was, uh, like, he did it himself or whatever the circumstances was were, were, I guess. It's
0: like, it's almost like, okay, we don't have enough evidence to convict you of first-degree murder, but, like, we know that you we might know. have done it, so yeah. let's make you liable. I don't know. We know you're involved somehow. And I don't want to assume anything, um, but that has been said this is just things that I have read, this is not my opinion, that the jury might have convicted him not guilty because of his position in the celebrity world, right? Yeah. Like, they were like, oh, well, we're going to get a lot of backlash if we don't convict him not guilty, mm, right? Mm-hmm. So that's just, again, something that I read, not my opinion. Um, now, shockingly, O.J. later collaborated with Pablo F. Finges on a book entitled, quote, If I Did It, in which he hypothesized about how he would have committed the murders if he did them. I know yeah. we all know this. <laughs> sure, yeah.
1: No, that's the... That's the I, I, what's weird about that is that I don't think a lot of people know that. That,
0: that he wrote made that a, book? Yeah, that he oh, wrote yeah. that book. Well, he, at this point, like, you can't be tried for the same crime twice. Yeah, so he's like jeopardy. literally, like, he could, if he did it, he could allegedly confess in the book and like, he literally can't go to jail with it yeah.
1: for it. Well, cause it's all under the guise of like sensationalism, right? Yeah, exactly. Trusted Health Products makes a variety of incredible products that you can feel good about. Their oral care, skin care, and nutritional products focus on quality first. Trusted Health products are GMO and additive-free and are 100% pure ingredients that feed and nourish your body to help you look and feel your best. Click the link in the show notes and receive 10% off your first purchase. Trusted Health products, products that you can feel good about.
0: So that is the story about OJ. Um... <laughs> If you guys knew that one already, thanks for staying with us. But that's what I just wanted to pepper that in there as well. And then also people have suspected that he may have had narcissistic personality disorder. Although, again, no diagnosis has ever been made. Yeah. Which, so you yeah. want to talk about that for a little bit?
1: Yeah, sure. So not narcissistic personality disorder. Um, We covered this, then another mental breakdown that we had. We also, uh, another great prime example of someone with narcissistic personality disorder is Scott Peterson. Scott Peterson liked having a pretty lavish lifestyle. He had a girlfriend on the side and would ultimately be tried and convicted for the murder of his wife and unborn child, Connor, Lacey and Connor. And uh, yeah, just, you know, I think with Scott, he never felt like he was good enough. I feel like he there was always something more to obtain. He was never really satisfied. He couldn't really settle into this uh, okay, well, I've plateaued and I'm at this height of my fame or success, not fame, but for him, success. Yeah. You know, I didn't become a famous golfer, but that's okay too. He never really felt that way. It was always like, there's something better that I must obtain. I have to have yep. the prettiest wife, the best life, all that. And I feel like OJ does exhibit some of that behavior, Yeah. even from what you said when he had rickets to push himself to be this physically fit Individual and uh, I'm gonna be the best of the best. You yeah. know, I'm gonna do. I'm going to conquer the NFL world, and then after that, I'm gonna conquer conquer the movie world. And after that, I'm. You know, it's never enough. Yeah. So I can imagine if he were to come home one night and he were to see maybe you know this man that's delivering these glasses and he sees that and maybe Nicole's in a robe because you know people have mentioned that she was gonna take a bath or whatever it yeah. was and. <laughs> For him to happen upon this scene, there's no way... I know that you're filing from, for divorce from me or that you will file... And they shared a child together. They yeah. shared a daughter together. Uh, you're not going to cheat on me with a waiter. Yeah. Are you kidding me?
0: That's going to make him look bad. And yeah. again, this is all... Facts were not stated. I mean, I... Well,
1: you're delivering facts, I'm delivering opinions. Exactly.
0: Um, (laughs) This is all my speculation. (laughs) I will say, I will say though, um, many, many very successful people, like celebrities, a lot of them have narcissistic tendencies, Mm -hmm. right? And I feel like a lot of the people that we cover have narcissistic personality disorder and it doesn't again, we always say this, you know, mental illness is not a crime and not everyone that has this is going to commit crimes. Right. Um, and not everyone that has is going to be diagnosed. And so it's like, there's plenty of really successful people and that's because they have narcissistic tendencies. That's why they push themselves to get to the top. Right. And somehow these people that push themselves to get to the top and are very successful don't murder people. And then sometimes people do murder people when they have it, you know, absolutely. it's, It's definitely, um, it's definitely kind of like a consistent diagnosis that we see a lot mm-hmm. uh, but again never diagnosed just suspected that he might have had tendencies
1: it's a very interesting one
0: yeah, yeah definitely.
1: and and just you know just for my peace of mind that this goes out there that it's not just nicole he didn't just murder his wife he also murdered ron Goldman, and um that man deserves way more um recognition and to be talked about and his legacy talked about because um you know because that doesn't happen very often. Everybody oh. just thinks of OJ Simpson killing his wife.
0: Well, also I didn't put this in here either, but the book um somehow OJ lost like the royalties for that and all the royalties for that book actually go to Goldman's family.
1: Wow. Yeah. Well, you know what? It's probably because uh yeah, family probably sued or something. You're yep. not going to make money off this, the death of our family member. Exactly. Yeah.
0: So I have one more, you want to hear one more? Yes. Okay, we'd love to. <laughs> Um, so last but not least, and this is just three are very, you know, easy examples. There's plenty of other cases, but these are the most famous ones that I could find. This one is actually Lizzie Borden. Okay. And I didn't know that Lizzie Borden got a not guilty verdict. I I always hear her name. Yeah. I don't know enough about Lizzie Borden. Okay. Well, I mean, I know
1: what she did. I didn't know. I mean, I don't
0: you know what she got accused of doing <laughs> yes exactly
1: yes <laughs> um
0: actually i thought it would be interesting to mention as well because i actually listened to the Kristen gilbert case earlier and mm-hmm. they're both born in the same city
1: oh yeah um, that's right when yeah, she said she that she's like that she i'm like, related yeah, to her she said
0: that she's like a distant relative
1: of her. i'm a distant relative of lizzie borden yeah.
0: So, Lizzie Andrew Borden was born on July 19th. Her middle name was Andrew? That's her father's name, yeah. I fucking love that. I love that, too. Uh, (laughs) She was born on July 19th, 1860, in Fall River, Massachusetts, to Sarah Anthony and Andrew Jackson Borden. Lizzie and her older sister, Emma, were raised in a very religious household and attended church services regularly. Three years after the death of Lizzie and Emma's biological mother, their father would marry Abby Durfee Gray. Lizzie stated that she called her stepmother Mrs. Borden, like, sarcastically, and she <laughs> believed that Abby married her father just for his money rather than for love. So she mm-hmm. didn't really care for her stepmother. Yeah. And Emily kind of felt the same way as well. Their father, Andrew, was very successful in real estate, and he owned a lot of property, so he had a lot of money Um, in this time, you know, eight, the 1800s. I know, it's <laughs> yes, a lot of money.
1: It's the 1800s. I want to see a conversion rate on something. I Can have some one. Money. Do
0: you really? <laughs> yes! I do. Yes! In May of 1892, it is noted that their father, Andrew, killed multiple pigeons in his barn with a hatchet, believing they were attracting children to come hunt them. Like, he didn't want kids on his property, so he's like, let me just kill all the animals that they're coming to hunt, (laughs) really, honestly. Well, this made Lizzie very upset because she had recently built a roost for the pigeons. Aww. And it's very commonly known around the area that she was really mad at him for killing them because they were like her little babies. Like her little pets. The little
1: baby birdies.
0: Keep in mind that he killed them with a hatchet. Just throwing that out there. Just putting, yeah. I mean, what else would he kill them with, though? This is the 1800s. They have guns.
1: <laughs> no. They, they have, have like, they have like muskets. <laughs> <laughs> the ones with the little stabby <laughs> things at the end.
0: They're, they're called the bannet. Oh. Bay- bayonet, a bayonet. Yeah, bayonet. Mm-hmm. I thought you said banet, like Bayonet. like B A N N E T. No, a bayonet, a bayonet. You're right. A family argument in July 1892 would ultimately end with both sisters taking vacations to New Bedford away from their father and stepmother. They kind of mm. just like took off. They're like, "Fuck this! I'm not. I'm not doing this." Ugh. Tension had been growing in the Borden family, seemingly due to the fact that neither of the girls cared for Abby but also due to the fact that Andrew was gifting various branches of real estate to members of Abby's family. What? Like, he wasn't offering the girls any house or property, yeah. and he was, like, gifting it to, like, his new wife's family. Like, he's like, oh,
1: these are my in-laws, and they need, like, places. Yeah. Okay.
0: After Abby's sister received a house... Yeah. Okay. The, the girls demanded and received a rental property from their father... Which they purchased from him for $1. No. $1. No. This was also the same home that they had grown up with with their mother.
1: Okay. Grown up in
0: with their mother. So they were like, can we just live in this house like where we lived with mom? Like the, one, the mom we actually liked or yeah. whatever. And they gave him a dollar for it.
1: How much was the dollar?
0: I didn't converge and rate that, but the girls would eventually sell the home back to their father for $5,000. $5,000? $5, which would be the equivalent of $150,000 today.
1: 150,000. Okay. So they
0: probably bought it for like a couple hundred bucks today. Yeah. And then they sold it back for 150K.
1: Well, maybe it, well, the dollar doesn't really. I mean, I, a dollar wouldn't be a few hundred dollars, I don't think.
0: That's true. And it, it might have been, like, a dollar, like, well, cause that in t- that time. It was, like, actually still a dollar. Like, it wasn't, like, a conversion rate.
1: What I was going to say is that uh, sometimes when you sell something to somebody, you can sell it to them for a dollar. It's essentially a gift, but at least there's a paper trail.
0: Yeah. And so uh, what I'm I saying
1: see. is that, yeah, if it's, like, you sold it, sold it, sold it to them for a dollar, like, okay, pay, payment has been made. Okay. Therefore, it is legally yours. Gotcha. Yeah. Instead of it just being... A gift. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because a gift, I'm pretty sure, at some point... Uh...
0: Well, if you gift something to someone that's, like, over $600, at least today, you have to, like, write it off on, like, yeah. your taxes. Yeah. something like that. So at one point, their biological mother's brother was invited to stay on the property for a few days to discuss, like, business with Andrew. Mm-hmm. Some sources speculate that a conversation about property transfer may have aggravated an already tense family situation, like, maybe, like... girls got mad or the brother got mad or something Mm -hmm. and for several days following this the entire household actually became violently ill what a family friend later suggested that they had had meat like on the counter for too long and then they were cooking with it and that's what made them they all
1: ate it yeah yeah
0: and it was like a like, pretty much like a lamb hawk, like, instead of a ham hawk. It was a lamb hawk. <laughs> a lamb hawk. But it had been there for a few days, like, out in the open. I knew they don't have fucking fridges back then.
1: No, but they had, like, curing processes. Yeah, but yeah.
0: they were saying that that might have been, like, the reason everyone got sick. But Abby thought differently. Okay. Abby feared that they might have been poisoned because, apparently, Andrew had a lot of enemies. And a okay. lot of people angry at him. For
1: what? He's... I mean, he's just... Dishing out properties Successful left and right. Successful
0: guy. Maybe he, he's a businessman, mm-hmm. right? You yeah. know, you going to have some enemies. Okay. Sarah's brother, which is the biological mom, he arrived on the evening of August 3rd and slept in the guest room. The next morning, he joined Andrew, Abby, Lizzie, and the Borden's maid for breakfast And then him and Andrew went to the other room and chatted for about an hour. This is like a real
1: whodunit. They even have a maid.
0: Yeah. (laughs) It was the maid. In the candlestick.
1: In the candlestick. In the candlestick. In the candlestick. With the ballroom.
0: (laughs) Now, after this hour-long-ish conversation, Andrew and the brother both left the home to run some errands separately. Andrew's, or the brother went to go for a walk and Andrew went to go do whatever.
1: (laughs) Whatever Andrew does. (laughs) Whatever he
0: does. Although, again, this is really early in the morning. Although the cleaning of the guest room was one of Lizzie's and Emma's regular chores, Abby actually took it upon herself this day to go up and make the bed for the brother, seemingly sometime between 9.30 and 10.30 a.m. Mm-hmm. According to the forensic investigation, this would be the time that Abby was faced with her killer. Ooh. Abby was first struck on the head with a hatchet, cutting her above the ear and causing her to turn and fall face down on the floor. So you think she turned to like turn away, and then it caught her. I think it hit her, and it made her turn at the same time. You know yeah. what I mean? Like well, depending it on sp- how you sp- spun her around. Yeah,
1: depending on how you swing it. Because if you swing it like this, then hit <laughs> <laughs> the microphone. If you hit it like this, then <laughs> it's yeah, it's gonna be yeah on the side of your head. That's true. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. The ear.
0: Well, either way, she fell face down on the floor. Her killer then struck her multiple times, delivering 17 more direct hits to the back of her head, (sighs) ultimately killing her. Well, yeah. Yeah. So very, very violent crime. When Andrew came home around 1030 a.m., his key was not working for the front door for some reason. So he just knocked. He's like, hey, (laughs) hey, can you let me in? (laughs) Their maid stated later that she came to the door after she heard the knock and let him in. Wait, so wait, so she. Wait. Okay. Let me repeat that. Somebody
1: was murdered upstairs, and the maid just like.
0: Oh, she doesn't know yet. How big is this house in the 1800s? She was on like the third floor, I'm pretty sure. Like the. Yeah, okay. was a big big old
1: house. We're not talking early 1800s. I'm sorry. It was late
0: 1800s. So. Essentially, she heard the knock, the maid was inside the house, she came to the door to try to let Andrew in, and she actually found that it was jammed, which is, oh. explains why his key wasn't working. Okay. And she, like, as she's trying to get the door open, she says, like, a curse word, she's like, oh, shit, or whatever. Like, she's, like, getting mad. Stop back. <laughs> I just got huge goosebumps. <clears> Once <throat> she says this word, she hears Lizzie laughing, but she doesn't see her. Like, she hears... <laughs> She didn't... She looked around. She didn't see Lizzie, mm-hmm. but she speculated that the laughter was coming from the top of the stairs. Yeah, just, like, with the hatchet. Just... But she didn't see her, though. You know <laughs> oh, She okay, heard yeah, her. Heard she her, heard yeah. her, supposedly, at the she top of the stairs She heard her with laughing. the hatchet, yeah. <laughs> 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 Whatever. Again, Maid has no idea that Abby is, unfortunately, deceased upstairs.
1: Okay. She's taking a nap. I'm just saying. I'm just... I'm having a problem with the acoustics of all this. Okay, it's like, so... That's okay. It's
0: okay. The fact that the maid did not see Lizzie... Mm-hmm. But speculated that her laughter came from the stairs. The top stairs. of the stairs is very okay. significant because at this time Abby was already dead. Like I said, I see. Okay. So anyone on the top of the stairs would have seen her. Oh, I right? see. Right, like they would have seen so the that crime sense. scene. Yes, because so, it would have been right there. Like okay. who the fuck else would have done it? Right. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I'm not circulating. <laughs> It's not your job to speculate. I know. <laughs> Lizzie would later testify that she was in fact not upstairs at this point. I wasn't no, upstairs. I was upstairs. No, I wasn't. Well, no one saw me. I was so outside. I was upstairs. The maid then stated that she helped Andrew like get inside, get to the couch. She took his shoes off. He was gonna lay down on the couch for a nap. She right?
1: took his shoes off. She did. Oh, I forgot. Men couldn't take off their own no, shoes no, of in the 1800s. Not. Of yeah. not.
0: I mean, she's getting paid, so. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, so, um, so he lays down for a nap on the couch downstairs. The maid then has a re- regular conversation with Lizzie. I like, guess she finds her... And she's yeah. like, oh, hey, there's a sale, like, going on. Like, apparently Lizzie was saying something like, oh, there's a sale going on at this boutique, like, down the street. Do you want to come with me? Like, to mm-hmm. the maid. Okay. Trying to get out of the house, perhaps? Yeah. And uh, the maid said, no, she's not going to go ahead and go. Lizzie can go, but I'm going to take a nap. The maid's like, I'm going to go home upstairs and take a nap in my, my <laughs> well, room, My Oh, now going to take a nap. Okay. So Lizzie was like, okay, then I'm just going to go anyway. So she leaves. The maid goes upstairs past the room but like on the third floor
1: okay so she,
0: like the second floor i misspoke earlier the where abby was was on the second floor i see this woman goes to the third floor so i guess she just passes it she doesn't see
1: well yeah i mean you're just like you know going through the motions yeah. and just rounding the rounding the staircase that makes sense
0: the maid later testified that she was in her again third floor bedroom when just before 11 10 a.m so like in an- 40 minutes after Andrew okay. gets home uh, uh, allegedly or around 40 minutes yeah she heard lizzie call her from downstairs Quote, come quick. Father's dead. Somebody came in and killed him. Fucking what? I thought you were going to the store. Why the fuck did you yeah, okay.
1: <laughs> so, so, I don't know. I also have this hatch and I'm covered in blood. I don't no, know what happened. No, <laughs> really.
0: So, within 40 minutes of Andrew getting home and laying down, he is now dead on the couch.
1: Okay. And Lizzie...
0: I guess she was trying to say like she came home and she saw him or she was home and she was trying to leave and someone came in, killed the dad and then just left her unharmed. I'm not sure what her story was. And she
1: didn't see a peep in between that. Of course not. After the fact. (laughs) Of course not. She watched the whole thing happen. Yeah. In silence for like however long this crime would take place. Probably a matter of minutes. And then just,
0: oh shit, he's dead. (laughs) Yeah. Hey. So get this. Andrew was found on the couch, of course, in the downstairs room, struck 10 or 11 times with a hatchet. So 10 or 11, they couldn't tell. Mm-hmm. One of his eyes had been split cleanly in half.
1: Oh my God.
0: Suggesting that he was asleep when the attack happened. Oh, I usually wouldn't put that detail, like that graphic, but it shows that his eyes were closed because he didn't like move. You know what I mean? Like it's completely in half. <laughs>
1: <laughs> She's making it over here,
0: making a hatchet, hatchet motions. His, okay, this is also important to the crime. I don't, again, content warning, I guess. His wounds were still bleeding when he was found by the maid, suggesting that this happened, like, like, just just before she came downstairs. Mm -hmm. So, like, who the, like, this perpetrator just, like, vanished in, like, three seconds. Yeah. Just gone. With a, Yeah. The family physician was called by the maid. He came over and pronounced both victims dead. And at this point, I guess they had found Abby. They were like, Abby, your husband's dead. And they're like, oh shit. Oh said- shit, she's dead <laughs> <Yeah>. that too. That's <laughs> awful. I'm not the trying to perpet- make light of this. The, but... perpetrator-,
1: <laughs> the perpetrator ran upstairs and yeah. murdered her too in the matter of minutes.
0: Yeah, I'm not exactly sure. Again, this is like from the fucking 1800s. So like kind of like hard to get all of the details. Yeah. Essentially, that's what happened. Now, when questioned, Lizzie's initial answers to the police were strange and contradictory. She had initially told police that she had heard, like, specific noises, like, at th- around the same time as the crime, like, in their notes or whatever, uh-huh. um, like, groaning or, like, you know, grunting or whatever, and then she later told them that she didn't hear a thing. She was like, oh, yeah, I heard stuff. Uh, actually, I didn't hear, I didn't hear, I hear mean, anything.
1: I mean, I don't know. I mean, I watched it happen, but I don't know who it was. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, pretty much.
0: <laughs> in the basement, police found two hatchets, two axes, and a hatchet head with a broken handle. Which was noted as being the murder weapon. Okay. So this hatchet was used so, like, viciously that it broke, and they noticed that the other two hatchets and the two axes had like dust on them, so like they couldn't have been. It couldn't have been used. those. Okay.
1: Yeah. Which one did the dad use to kill the pigeons?
0: I don't know. Maybe it was in the barn. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was like a while ago, so maybe it was one of those, and it was just sitting in the basement for. I don't know. ever.
1: I like to just speculate. Oh. Throw that out there. It's yeah, the same it's one. True.
0: Oh, true. Oh, yeah, that's true. Now, Lizzie and Emma's friend had actually, like, offered to stay the night with them at that house the following night. Lizzie wasn't immediately considered a suspect, so... Their yeah. It was Emma, so they left... They left them there. I guess they cleaned up the scene. I couldn't do that. I couldn't, like,
1: stay the night oh, hell in the same no. house.
0: Um, police were also stationed around the home that same night. Um, uh, didn't say if it was, like, a safety thing or a surveillance thing, but either way, they were around the home. Mm-hmm. Now, during this time, an officer had actually seen Lizzie and her friend, not Emma, just Lizzie and the friend... They, like, went out of the house and entered, like, the cellar in the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. They were carrying, like, a kerosene lamp and a pail. And it was later noted that Lizzie was, like, essentially caught trying to, like, burn items of clothing that she had, like, brought down there with her. Now, it was kind of, like, weird. It was, like, it was never confirmed to be, like, the dress she was wearing that day or whatever. Yeah. But when questioned about this, she pretty much told detectives, like, oh, I had I had gotten paint on those clothes. And, like, I couldn't get it out. So I just, like, so does them. I mean, like, as one does, (laughs) (laughs) clearly. Now, Lizzie Borden was eventually arrested for this crime, and her trial was held nearly a year later on June 5th, 1983. After an hour and a half deliberation, Lizzie was found not guilty of murder due to the primary evidence being circumstantial, similarly to the Casey Anthony case. Because there
1: was no witness. Well, this is also the 1800s, too. Exactly. Or late (laughs) 1800s. I mean, it's not, you know.
0: There's no cameras or anything. I
1: kind of giggled to myself when you said earlier, the forensic examination, and I was like, they just don't do that.
0: What, wasn't John ladies. Just... like, "What was a murder investigation of the nineteen thirties like?" I know. We'll draw draw chalk around the body. That way, we know where it was. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. Oh, sir, we found a pool of the killer's blood in the hallway. He's like, "Hmm, gross." <laughs> Mop it up now. Yeah. Back to my hunch. <laughs> that's
1: literally what this is. It's, that's what, exactly what it what it sounds like. Mm,
0: gross. Now, upon exiting the courthouse, Lizzie told reporters that she was quote. The happiest woman in the world. I'm the happiest woman in the world right now. My parents are dead.
1: Nothing can take away my sunshine.
0: It is thought by some that Lizzie suffered from bipolar disorder. Hmm. And that is that case. So I'll just really quickly touch on bipolar disorder. There is two types. There is type 1 and type 2. Um, I'm not sure which one is which, so I'm not going to pretend to know. But one of the types is very high highs with depressive episodes. And the other one is very depressive low lows with uh, manic episodes. So okay. either way, whichever one you have, you either experience a lot of mania or a lot of depression with spurts of the other. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. And mania can essentially be, it's a very broad spectrum. It can be like getting up and cleaning your room for the first time in weeks or, yeah. you know, doing like a deep clean of the house or going, you know, on a drive randomly or, you know, it can be very extreme, but it can also just be like self-care, like a lot of self-care all at once right yeah and that can be manic um episodes and stuff or is... throwing yourself into a new relationship things like that you mm-hmm. know that's a manic uh, that can be in this situation a manic um behavior
1: i think when people see the like you know the impulse to like clean out something like i mean i've been going around cleaning out my room today um
0: <laughs> no, i dead was almost like and then going randomly to read a book in the middle of the day <laughs> like, yeah
1: <laughs> you know you did earlier <laughs> So it seems like there are things that, like, normal people would do, but it's yeah. out of character for the individual. Exactly, yeah. yeah.
0: And um, I also want to just note as well, like, bipolar disorder, like, in the 1800s is much different than bipolar disorder today. Yeah. She probably was just, like, a normal moody, like, teen, and people just thought she was bipolar, right? Because, like, yeah. that wasn't really a diagnosis, like, a really confirmed specific one until recently. And I would say recently, like, within the last hundred years. But, you know... Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if this the the sources that I saw that said that they suspected her of bipolar disorder were current or they were from yeah, that time. So right, yeah. and again, not diagnosed, just uh, suspected. But that is my mental breakdown. <laughs> this yeah, a lot of fun. I liked
1: this kind of you know because I had I have wanted to tackle Lizzie Borden before. Yeah, I just didn't think that there was really enough information to do a very long case about it. But I'm glad you covered everything that would be in a case. Well, which yeah, is of course. Awesome.
0: And again, like these three cases specifically, like it wouldn't make sense, like I said, to cover them because none of them were convicted. So mm-hmm. in the law, in the eyes of the law, they are not killers. Of mm-hmm. course, everyone has their opinions, um, and they just have
1: suspected
0: uh, diagnoses. Diagnosis. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But yeah, I just thought it was really interesting. Um, who knows? Maybe I'll find a couple more and I'll do another one of these with this three new cases. You yeah. Know? Um, but yeah, that was my mental breakdown. I'm glad that we were able to talk about that. And I told Koel like, way before we started, I was like, okay, I was like, I'm just letting you know, when we do our mental breakdown, I was like, I'm going to be fact-based. If you want to be opinion-based, you're more than welcome to, but I'm going to be just facts. And so <laughs> I had, I feel like I had to preface it before we started. Yeah. We would have just been having that conversation the whole time recording, like, okay, well, I don't want to do facts. I don't want to do opinions right. or whatever. <laughs> um But yeah, so... That is that. We actually just put in another order for um, some more stickers. These Mm -hmm. ones, instead of having our RSS link, are going to have our Instagram link on the QR code. So we put the order in for our patrons. We're going to send those out as soon as we get them. Really excited about that. And also, we're talking about maybe getting some... I know we've been talking about pens and patches for a while. That's still in the works. Um, but maybe some other merch, like maybe like coffee mugs or like t shirt or something like that. that would be, would cool. be fun. Yeah, so. let us know
1: what you think. If you guys like prefer Etsy, or I know uh, like Redbubble does some stuff. So let us know what y'all yeah, would prefer.
0: For sure. And then thank you for the shout out and the case suggestion for Casey Anthony. If you're listening, the person that sent us that message. But yeah, that is all I have for today that was awesome that was good thank you i'm glad you liked it yeah um yeah so we'll be back on thursday with another case in the meantime you can follow us on anywhere on social media at diagnosing a killer did i already say this no and um patreon patreon.com slash diagnosing a killer if you'd like to donate to the patreon and then of course you will get a QR code sticker if you do and sponsor us (laughs) and
1: sponsor us yeah check out those paid partnerships Thank you all so much. Yeah, absolutely. Oh,
0: send us an email. That's what I was going to say. Send Send us an email. email. We love you guys. All right, love Love you. you. Bye. Bye. Looking for a new perfume or cologne to match your style? Scentbird has got you covered. With over 600 scents to fall in love with, Scentbird is a fragrance subscription box that will give you plenty of choices. Just choose what you would like from their best sellers activate your subscription, and receive your first 120 spray bottle. Click the link in the show notes now to receive 50% off your first order, as well as a free case with Scentbird.